Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by No One. Let's see what Kimi Raikkonen touches to lose that front wing. Back of the car, step out of the line as he picked the power up through turn two. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me, Kimi? Radio check. Radio check. If you can hear me, I need more charge. Okay, Kimi, box, box, if you can hear me. Can you hear me now? No, negative, negative. I can't hear you. But I can hear you now. Yeah, box, box, if you can hear me. Still well here? No, I can't hear you. Can I hear me? No, negative. But you answer still. If you can hear me, Kimi, we will go directly in. Can you hear me? Check. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I'll hear, I hear you. Okay. On the show today, we're going to break down everything that happened over the weekend at the Bahrain GP, discuss how track limits actually work, and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, yeah. As well as the stat of the week. But first, we need to hand the mic over to a man. A man that could make Meghan Markle come running back to the UK. A man that discovered fire and invented the wheel. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your boy, Colby, and you know what to do. You know what you need to do right now is locate my Ferme. It's right there. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Now park it in there. Ooh, because it is the park it in my Fermi show. Pimp, don't be shy. Ram it in there because we are here to talk all things Formula One and what a monstrous, huge, colossus week it has been. 
But if you've missed out on any episode in the past, head over to parkitinmyfairmate.com to catch up and contact the show. Or you can subscribe and follow on your podcast listening app straight away. But enough about all that crap. We need to move on. Because the show is so big, so damn huge, that Mazapan could spin off this show a hundred times and still not worry about hitting the wall. Now, I do need to preface this. If I sound a little bit different, oh, we had a little Rona scare. But the flu has got me. The flu has got me indeed. So this episode will be going up a little later than usual, so I do apologise for that. And this episode, though, is going to break down everything. Everything that happened from the Bahrain GP talk, the controversy, the track limits, and bring back the good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, yeah. But first, we need to talk the news. News, 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 news. Cody. Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. Now, we need to start by celebrating Lewis Hamilton and congratulating him on an amazing Bahrain GP victory in a car that seemed to be slower than the Red Bulls. Especially the car of Max Verstappen. Now Lewis was able to hold on and get the victory. Let's take a listen here. Sir Lewis Hamilton as he is now, crosses the line and wins the Bahrain Grand Prix. Get in there, Lewis. What a job, mate. What a race. Amazing. Hey, guys. Amazing job. I'm so grateful. Everyone back in the factory, everyone working so hard. I know we're not quick enough. We managed to do it. That's teamwork. Crazy, absolutely crazy race there, Lewis. Such an awesome job, mate. Still got it, Bono. Yeah, not bad for an old man. But that's really it at the moment. I'm sure next episode, in a few days' time, we'll have the fallout from the track limits and anything else that comes along with exciting race number one. 22 more to come. I cannot wait. But that's it for the news. What an amazing first race in Bahrain. We have had an astronomical amount of things we need to unpack. All the way from Sonoda being a little sweary in free practice to one of the funniest radio exchanges ever between Kimi and his team on the radio to Leclerc shocking us all in quali to Perez's car turning off to Mazepin. I mean, well, Mazepin's Mazespin. Disastrous start to Mercedes botching Bottas's stop to Vettel crashing into Ocon and blaming him for it to that fucking overtake and to Hamilton winning the first race. Wow, I'm super excited to break it all down. So let's get started. Let's have a look first at free practice straight away. I thought what I thought would happen happened. And that was Mercedes show a little more pace. They looked good in free practice, and it looked like Mercedes were fucking with us the whole time and sandbag. They are the cute girl from school who has a raunchy, raunchy OnlyFans page, and she wasn't ready to show us everything just yet. Then their pace wasn't blistering. So they didn't shock the world and blow the Red Bulls out of the water. Instead, they were one of those OnlyFans pages where the girl actually doesn't show us her nips. And that's just not on. See, Max Verstappen was dangerous in free practice as well, and the Red Bulls absolutely dominated. 
started giving everyone hope. I'm not against Mercedes and Lewis one bit, but I don't want to see the same person and team winning over and over again. I need that competition. It's not their fault at all. They were just so freaking dominant in the last few years. But finally, the tide is turning. And it looked like Red Bull had come back. They showed some great things in free practice. But the surprise of all on Friday and Saturday Arvo was the Ferrari Charles Leclerc, although I have heard he pronounced his own name Leclerc. I've never heard someone pronounce their name incorrectly, but it's Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz both running really well. The times the Ferraris were getting weren't too shabby at all, but a part of me was seeing those times and still thinking, all right, this is a fluke. We've seen Leclerc pull this shit out of his ass before in qualifying in Abu Dhabi last year. All right. But to have not just him, but both Ferraris do it and do it all three sessions, it looked like they have started turning things around. And boy, did they need to. Engine lock coming in at the end of the year. So Ferrari really under a lot of pressure this year to get it right. And Sunoda was impressive as well and has a special place in my heart after this very first radio message I heard from the weekend. Like, come on, I got traffic. But that was it for free practice. It looked like Red Bull were in front of Mercedes and McLaren and Ferrari were going to fight it out for that third spot. All right. But Alpha Tauri might spoil the party for a lot of them as well if they're not careful. But let's move on to qualifying. No shock that the Haas boys in a rubbish car with two rookie drivers came dead last. But Mazepin going off towards the end of the session meant that the biggest shock in Q1 was that the Aston Martin boy Sebastian Vettel wasn't able to get out of that round of qualifying. He then received a penalty for not yielding under the double yellows, which sent him from 18th to dead last on the grid for the race. But Aston Martin, formerly Racing Point, have always said that their focus is always getting the car ready for the race and not for Saturday. Yeah, they're in they're in a bit of deep put this year, I think. Q2 was fascinating as well. We saw quite a few cars start to take gambles on what tyres to qualify on. The main victim was Sergio Perez, who went out on the mediums, but as a result, failed to move into Q3 and had to start from 11th on the grid, and you can hear the disappointment from him in, with that effort. L- take a listen. Perez for Red Bull out of the top 10 shootout. Now, that's a great surprise. Oh. Now, Yuki Tsunoda qualified 13th, which I believe is probably a bit beneath him based on what he was doing in free practice, but you've got to remember, he is a rookie. And based on what he was doing in the race, I'm very excited to see more of him moving forward. Huge shock here, though, was Fernando Alonso making it to Q3 in the Alpine or Alpine, which looked to really struggle in free practice and wasn't that impressive in the preseason testing either. He was going on to qualify P9 ahead of Lance Stroll and behind another surprise in Carlos Sainz. Both Ferraris were able to make it into Q3, this time around with Leclerc finishing in fourth position. Now take a listen to the delight from him and his team with that effort. Okay, so P4, P4, good job. Guys, this is only the first qualifying, but uh, compared to where we were last year, it's, uh, 
he's got a big step forward, so, yeah. Surely it's not, we want to fight for pro, but I think we should be satisfied with uh, the step we've done, at least here. No other shockers in qualifying apart from the lap Max Verstappen put together for, for pole position. Three purple sectors and a sub-129, putting him nearly four-tenths up on Hamilton, who took second. Incredible, incredible drive. Max Verstappen's never had back-to-back -back poles in his life. He has now in Formula One. Pole position, Max. Pole position, four-tenths, mate. Fantastic work. What a weekend so far. Oh, finally, mate. That lap was good. <laughs> yeah, three purple sectors. Three purple sectors. What well a Max, that's the perfect start. Well done. Great, great job. Yeah, great job, guys. <laughs> of course, we had a great race last year and the season, but uh, this shows that we worked hard throughout the whole winter, so you all deserve it. Also here, the whole team, but also back at the factory. Great job. But now, it is time to talk about the race itself. And straight off the bat, Perez on the formation lap managed to turn his car off. Literally off. Not off the track, just off. Okay, well it's not entirely his fault, I'm sure, but the car just switched off and there was a second formation lap as a result. And a concern on how to get Perez's car off the track. He eventually got it started again and he had to start from the pit lane. He, he essentially did the IT trick of turning it off and turning it back on again and it worked. Let's take a listen as to what happened. That is Sergio Perez stopping by the side of the track. What was the problem there? Unsure, Checo. We're looking into it. Now, as a result, the race was shortened by one lap. Now, judging by how that race finished... That could have cost Verstappen the win. I don't think it was. There was a lot of other factors involved, but it was it's definitely something to think about. It was a great start by Max and the Mercedes, and immediately, immediately we saw the pressure from Hamilton with great defensive work for uh, from Max on the opening few corners. It was actually exciting stuff. I was concerned it would it wouldn't be a great race. I don't tend to love the tracks with the large runoff areas, but Bahrain, time and time again, proves to be a great, great venue. Honestly, I'm, I'm happy to race here two or three times a year. They, they know what they're doing there. Opening lap, Mazapin, a.k.a. Mazaspin. He goes off. Now let's take a listen to the audio here. I'm sure he would come up with a shitty excuse. And that looks like a Haas, and it could have been Nikita Mazepin in the Haas, spearing off into the barriers at turn three. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yes. I crashed. I'm so sorry. Got on the curve. Tried to avoid making that. It's fine. No worries, mate. We're here to learn, mate. Don't worry about it. Plenty more goes. Now, Vettel rear-ended Ocon a little bit later on and tried to blame him. But in Vettel's defense, I do believe he eventually realized he was in the wrong and went to apologize to Ocon straight after the race. I don't know if you've seen that on social media. Have a little look. Class act. I think Vettel was actually, he's one of these drivers that you, you can see when he was young. He was just a hothead wanting to get the race win at any cost. And now he's matured. He, he's grown up a bit and it's just great to see. Mm, what else? What else happened in that race? What else was? Oh, that's right. There was a fucking overtake that happened that would spark the biggest debate the world has ever seen, apparently. 
See, what happened was on lap 53 of the race, Max Verstappen, who was closing in ever so quickly on Hamilton, who was so much, oh, who was on the much older tyres at the time and was clearly struggling, decided to make his move on turn four and go around the outside. Well, Hamilton closed the gap and in doing so forced Verstappen wide off the track. And as a result, Verstappen was able to gain the advantage, take the lead by essentially cutting the corner. Take a listen to what happened. Hamilton's going to force Verstappen the long way round. By the time they get to the corner, he's about a third of a car in front. By the time they get out of the corner, he's a whole car in front. Max Verstappen is ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So we're taking the outside the track. Now, later on in that same lap, Verstappen was given team orders to give the place back to Lewis. Let's take a listen. Okay, for the moment, let Lewis through. Let Lewis through. And with some excellent defending by Hamilton, Verstappen in the few remaining laps wasn't able to get the position back and Hamilton went on to win the Bahrain GP by seven tenths of a second. Now, can you imagine if there was one more lap? If Perez didn't turn his car off? I mean, again, it was probably not Perez's fault, but shit happens. Let's take a listen to Hamilton's victory. Sir Lewis Hamilton, as he is now, crosses the line and wins the Bahrain Grand Prix. Get in there, Lewis. What a job, mate. What a race. Amazing. Hey, guys. Amazing job. I'm so grateful. Everyone back at the factory, everyone working so hard. I know we're not quick enough. We managed to do it, and that's teamwork. Crazy. Absolutely crazy race there, Lewis. Such an awesome job, mate. Still got it, Bono. Yeah, not bad for an old man. Now, this brings up the issue, the main issue here. Martin Brundle, fantastic commentator, has in fact mentioned this 100,000 million times since I started following Formula One. And that is, we need stricter tracked track limits that are enforced more often. The biggest issue that had people up in arms was with Verstappen having to give his place back wasn't with Verstappen breaking the rule. He clearly did. All right, there's no doubt about that. He broke the rule. There is a track limit there. It's horrendously enforced, but there is a track limit there at turn four. But what really annoyed people was prior to the incident on lap 53, Lewis Hamilton went past the track limits at turn four 29 times. It's only a 56 lap race. He broke the rules 29 times. All right, and that's 29 times as of lap 53. So all but, what is that, 24 times, he ran wide. Now, I'm sure a lot of other drivers did as well, but it doesn't cause as much drama, so we're not going to talk about them. Everyone was running wide. Everyone. Not just Lewis Hamilton, but he's the main driver involved here, so we're going to talk about Lewis Hamilton. The argument to Max's being enforced is that the driver gained an advantage by doing so. He did. So Max actually gained an advantage. He took first place because he cut the corner. But you've got to ask yourself, what is gaining an advantage? However, Christian Horner of Red Bull argued, the Karen of Formula One, argued that Hamilton would have gained a two-tenth of a second advantage each time that he did that. Which, if there was a case over 29 different laps, would result in about a four or five second advantage over the race distance. 
And remind me again, how, how much did Lewis win by? Was it seven tenths? Now the question then becomes, why did Red Bull give the place back so willingly? Without resistance, why not just race to the end? Win the race and fight it afterwards. Take a listen to Max arguing that exact same point. Why don't you just let me go, man? I could have easily pulled this five seconds. I prefer to lose uh, a win like that than be second like this. Yeah, we had the instruction from race control, unfortunately, Max. But uh, that was a hell of a drive you put there. Now, in the world we live in, with billionaires controlling the sport and technology reigning supreme in the world of F1, surely we can have sensors on the track and on the cars that can automatically detect when the track limits have been breached. It's not even that difficult to set up. It's something that will need to be implemented, especially at tracks with wide runoff areas where drivers can get a massive advantage from it. So what do you guys think? Head over to the socials at Park It In My Firm, eh? On Twitter, Insta, Facebook, slide into the DM. Say hi, don't be shy, I'm a nibbler. I won't bite too hard. I've already had some debates with people over it, but uh, what is it your time for? Uh, what, 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 what? I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stat time, yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Now, it's hard for anyone brand new to the sport to come in and have an impact. But Formula One, I feel, is even harder. It was limited testing, and when it's your time to shine, it can be very, very difficult. But we saw Tsunoda get his first points in his first race and look magnificent behind the wheel and of the AlphaTauri. But we're not going to talk about that. However, it's not always a positive experience. It's not always nice. Now, for your stat of the week this week, we're going to talk about all things Nikita Mazaspin. Mazapin? Mazaspin, spin, spin. The daddy's boy who is driving arguably the worst car on the grid. Now, do I think that Haas is close to undrivable? Yeah, kind of. But Mick Schumacher was able to finish ahead of Latifi and ahead of Pierre Gasly. Only one lap down on the grid too. Mazza spin went off time and time again this weekend. Once in qualifying, causing Vettel a possibly higher starting place on the grid. And as a result, will now hold some interesting records and stats that nobody wants. Stat number one. Valtteri Bottas has a longer pit stop during that race than Mazepin had time on the track. Let me say that again. Valtteri Bottas had a longer pit stop than Mazepin's entire Formula 1 racing career. Stat number two, Mazepin has yet to complete a single lap in Formula 1. And stat number three, Mazepin has done more formation laps than laps in Formula 1. A stat held by a couple of other drivers. But there is one driver, Ernst Luff, who I'm going to talk about. I think I mentioned him before. He had a much shorter career than Nikita as a spin. Only lasting two metres before his retirement, not only from the race, but from the sport as well. So 
Thanks for daddy's dollars. He will make a return to the sport for the next race in Imola. Surely that record will be broken and he'll be fine. But that was your stat of the He's week. He's a stat, man. Ooh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. Such a, such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat, man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now it is time for the return of a new segment called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, yeah. Now, in this segment, we will go through the weekend listing everything that was good and bad and ugly. There is a lot to unpack here, so let make, let's make sure we sit back with our whiskey, kick your boots off, uh, dismount your horse, get ready for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ooh, love to hear it. You love to hear it. All right, so let's start with the good Ferrari. What a weekend they had. Qualified great. Raced great. No issues there at all. Performing much better than anyone thought they would, including myself. I had Ferrari team going backwards, and with the next race in Imola, it is very important. And I don't think there is no reason why Ferrari can't get themselves right up towards the pointy end of the grid. Let's talk more good. Sonoda, my little dumpling, my little spring roll. What an outstanding weekend for the rookie. Scoring points in his first race, starting from 13th and finishing 9th. Let's take a listen to the youngest driver on the grid, overtaking the oldest, Kimi Raikkonen. Yuki Sonoda, ladies and gentlemen, new to Formula One. And I think we might see a few more of those moves during the course of the season. Good job, Yuki. Next one is Raikkonen, 2.4 in front. So, I guess we are fighting for the last... Yes, yes, yes. Youngest driver on the track versus the oldest driver on yeah. the track. The good Red Bull, great race by Max. Unlucky at the end there, but had a magnificent quality as well and gave the fans hope that there will be closer competition with the Mercs up front, and in particular Hamilton. Also Perez from last to fifth. Not bad at all, my man. The good Lando Norris, awesome drive, P4, outperformed Danny Rick and finished ahead of the Red Bull, of a Red Bull. Sorry, not all the Red Bulls. McLaren certainly looked good this season and should get that third spot for the constructors with ease, I do believe. Hey, let's take a listen to Lando Norris getting that P4. That is P4, P4, well done, great job. All right, nice job. Weather fireworks for me. They can be. Also, the good fans. Ooh, we're back, baby. Fans were allowed back into the venue, so that is great to see. And, of course, the good Bahrain. Awesome race weekend again. Great competitive racing. The most exciting start to an F1 season in some time. Oh, yeah. But now, it's time to talk about the bad. Oh, no. Oh, it's time to talk about that bad. 
Okay, let's start with Haas. Wow, their car is just absolutely rubbish. I know their focus isn't on 2021, but please put something out there that you can be proud of. Mick Schumacher had an all right drive. But my God, Haas, what the hell is that? The bad Aston Martin. You build the car for Sunday and it was rubbish. It didn't rock up. Lance Stroll just managed to get P10 and Vettel was nowhere to be seen. The band, the Mercedes pit crew. Again in Bahrain, the pit crew had an influence on the race, forcing Bottas to sit out longer than what Mazda Spin actually raced. Get your shit together, pit crew of Mercedes. The bad. Alpine. Wow, ping. We knew they would be. And they were. Fernando Alonso had a great quality, but he was just going backwards during the race, had no chance at all. The bad. Pierre Gasly. He had a shocker this weekend. He qualified all right, but the race itself was a disaster. Coming second to last and just seemed to have no pace in the car at all, which sucks since he's in my fantasy team. And the bad. Australian Grand Prix. This is what an exciting round one of racing should be. How come your Grand Prix every time has little to no overtaking? It's just everyone everyone sort of has blinders on because it's the first race. Everyone's excited. But it's just absolutely rubbish and boring. But now we need to talk about the ugly. Oh my lord. The ugly track limits. Come on, FIA, sort it out. 29 times Hamilton broke the track limits before being warned. You either have the limits or you don't. You can't chop and change, so you need to enforce them. Don't let the drivers dictate what they are. Put sensors out there if you have to. We know you have the money to do so. You got a 10-year deal with Saudi Arabia? Did they, did they send any shekels your way? I do believe so, yes. The ugly... Nikita Mazza spin. Jesus fucking Christ, that was horrid. Well, that's it. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let me know what you think. Did I miss anything or anyone? Head over to the socials at Parker in my Fermé to discuss more. Well, that's going to be it. We've made it to the end of another show. I'm not crying. You're crying. Is someone cutting onions? I'm not sad. I'll be back in a couple of days' time to talk more news, more stats of the week, and get you guys ready for Imola, which seems like another eternity away, but we will get there. We're one race down, 22 to go. I'm excited. What a fantastic race that was. Head over to the website, parkinginmyfermate.com to catch up on any of the episodes you may have missed. Make sure you subscribe and follow on your podcast listening app. And of course, head over to the socials. You know I'm sitting there waiting. I want you to come over to the socials. But more importantly, thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Sports 
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.